My friends, what lays before you is the myriad knowledge of an unfathomable universe. Join our intrepid remembrancers as they explore the heresy as history. From deep within the farthest reaches of the great library of Tiska, we are the Heresy Grad School. So said the War Master in his wisdom. Go forth, my sons, and illuminate them. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Heresy Grad School, where we cover heresy's history, and we're going to talk about the roadmap of where we're going now. We're heading to Nostromo. What's left of Nostromo? Yeah, what's left of Nostromo? So, Dave, where are we starting out with Nostromo? So, well, this was actually um, something that I think Jason suggested we do, or I don't know, somebody, maybe it was me. We kicked it around in the poll for a while um, on Patreon, and it got almost as many votes as Ulanor, so it felt like it was something we had to go back <laughs> and do. Uh, and it, I wanted to do just because... Uh, you know, I didn't. I don't really know that much about Night Lords. My my Night Lord lore is um, it's pretty parse. You know, it's pretty sparse. All I'm I know a, is Kurz is their Primarch. Like, if I'm going to be real honest. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't really know much more than that. You know, Savitar, Kurz. They did some bad shit. Um, the Dark Angels got involved, and that's about as much as now. So, so it was something I wanted to explore just from a, from sort of a, a point of ignorance. Right. Um, and, uh, as soon as I started looking into it, I was like, man, this is special. This is something special. This is something that is qualitatively different than we've seen before in the black books. Um, and I think we're going to talk a little bit about that in this sort of intro syllabus episode um, because it's it deserves to be treated a little, little differently. And so I think that's why, you know, we're going to take a little bit longer to put it together uh, for you guys. Um, yeah. And yeah. I think uh, real quick, I'll touch on that from a production standpoint. Um, you guys will probably see a lot of. Um, I guess you could say a lot of new stuff from my end and the episodes may take a little longer to get to you guys, but I think it's going to be well worth it. Um, I, I'm going to say, you know, going into this, this is definitely like Dave's amazing brainchild and we have some really exciting stuff. So. Yeah, we're going to test, we're going to sort of test the waters on, I guess, some new format and uh, see what you guys think. See what we think. See if it's sustainable. And, um, you know, if it, you know, is well received, then we might we might do it again. We might not. This might just be a one-off, man. But uh, I did. I just, you know, when you when you read the scouring of Nostromo, which is in Book Six, uh, Retribution, I think it starts around twenty-seven. 
goes through um, page 142, maybe a little further. Uh, but I think you'll 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 realize right away that it's it's unique. Um, the format is unique. The content is unique, and uh, we sure wanted to uh, treat it with a little more respect. And uh, not that we don't treat everything with respect, because uh, I mean we fucking pretend to be historians studying fake history. So that's and how we much do we our care best about this. <laughs> I actually really listen. I really liked what um, Anuj had to say when on his Voxcast. I don't know if you guys have listened to that, but you definitely should. Um, especially since I think he's like the lead background writer for Forge World right now for the heresy. Um, but, you know, he basically was like, I'm writing the history of the future, you know? And he like leaves that, right? He's He believes he's channeling sort of a potential dark future that is, you know, I think is very possible. Um, yeah, I mean, just, I can dig it. Who's to say, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's what makes it so compelling. I mean, so. I, I think any, any fictional series can be compelling if, if the authors like, you know, Anoush or, you know, or any of them really, uh, show that much passion because that gets me excited yeah that that makes me excited to to delve deep into a black book you know yeah absolutely um yeah it's good it's good stuff man so pat i don't know how much we want to talk about but uh i'm ready to talk about whatever you want to talk about man yeah so i mean do we want to just give a slight overview of of Nostromo just a little bit just a little taste like we don't want to get delve too deep into what we're covering in the next couple episodes sure so I can definitely give you a slight overview taste of where we're going um it may be helpful for you guys to go ahead and look at the maps that are on oh man I'm so not prepared for this I want to say it's like 130, 131, maybe. Um, yes, it is. So when we say Nostromo is out on like the eastern fringes of the galaxy, uh, it's, it's, it's way past the eastern fringes of the galaxy, right? So we're, we're past uh, the borders of the Imperium. Uh, were they the borders during the Great Crusade? I don't really know. But certainly the borders as they're written today on the um, sort of the, the, the galactic map, right? I forget, what do they call that thing? Um, anyway, so we're, we're outside of, of, of sort of proper known space. This would be the place on the maps where they would say, here be dragons, right? You know, the old maps. Um, so Nostromo always, and, and actually I didn't realize this, but sort of was the furthest part of the 
um, the the galactic map and sort of past the segmentum ultima. On that map that you're looking at on page 130, 131, it's, there's actually an error. The border it has is the border is uh, segmentum tempestus, and that's obviously wrong because that's in the uh, sort of southern uh, galactic hemisphere. So it should be segmentum ultima. Uh, which should, this is interesting error that they made there, but we fixed it for you guys. Um, Forward Rogue, please give us a call. We'd love to chat. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's, we're in an interesting place. Um, Desperation, Nostromo, Thromus, all of those um, places lie. well to the galactic east, the eastern fringes. And um, that's, it's good stuff, man. So things take a long time to, uh, to go back and forth, you know, um, astrotelepathic messages, uh, warp travel, uh, all those things are hard because uh, you're, you're so far away. And we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. So, um, yeah, that's a little teaser. I can talk a little bit more, Patter. You know, we can. I mean, yeah. I mean, we can certainly. I, I guess, yeah. If we want to talk a little bit more, I always thought it was interesting that desperation is like Nostromo is definitely the eastern fringes. Desperation is like, I guess you'd call it the bayou of 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 that sector. Like, I mean, it is out there. Yeah, and it's it's sort of hard to tell how much further desperation is from Nostromo. Um, but yes, it is certainly well way out there. Um, yeah. And it's cool because it's actually still part of it's still part of Imperial space in, in 40k. It shows up on maps. Um, so that's a it's a cool little tie-in. Uh, that I was not aware of before I went down this rabbit hole. I was like, oh, holy shit. Fun. I guess it's on yeah. the, it'd be on the other side of the rift, though, in this case, right? Because of its <laughs> positioning? Yeah. It would suck. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's well on the other side of the rift, for sure. Um, do we want to talk about AK at all? Yeah, yeah, I think we can do that. Um, yeah. So this will not uh, spoil anything that we're going, any territory that we're going into. But um, one of the things that really jumped out at me when I started looking at the scouring of Nostromo is it's all done in the first person um, after you get past like the first page, which is sort of done in the traditional um, heresy is history black book style. Uh, it, it sort of even that the color changes. And so it looks like you're reading a data slate. Um, so the page colors change from the sort of typical, what you would know of the black books to, um, a red, uh, digital print. Um, and so it's, 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 it's basically done in the first person and as, um, almost, uh, uh, like a virtual, uh, encounter, right? So you become AK. And we only know AK sort of 
anecdotally through the intros to the black books. Um, AK is the one at the very beginning of the black books who cryptically, you know, says, yeah, I was there. Right. Um, when Horace slew the emperor, right. I was there. I saw this. And so there's always been, I think a lot of mystery around that, a lot of conjecture. Um, but, uh, not too long ago, uh, there was a, um, short story called um, Malkador, First Lord of the Imperium, written by uh, L.J. Golding that came out that um, actually answered that question for us, uh, who, who A.K. was, uh, who is A.K., and uh, I don't know if I want to spoil that for you guys. I think we'll just have to let you go, go listen to that. If you haven't listened to it, it's well worth listening to. It's a great little uh, uh, audio drama, short story. Um, I'm pretty sure when it came out, every single person in the in the cast, like simultaneously bought it and listened to it all at the same time. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but there like, was some. But like it was all delayed. So like someone would say something and it'd be like a revelation. And then someone else would say the exact same thing like an hour later and be a revelation. And then, you know. But yeah. no, it's it's a it is a powerful short story for what it is. Absolutely. It's one of those typical black library novellas um in length that just has so much um plot arc built into it that uh it's it's awesome. And yeah, listen for uh listen for the initials AK and uh that'll give you um our narrator for the majority of this series. Yeah. So I guess other than that, um, I don't think we can go too hard into this drama. I think the listeners will just have to wait. Yeah. I'd sorry to be a tease about it, but I don't, yeah, I don't really want to talk too much more about it. Um, I mean, that said, I, more than happy to turn it over to Jason and Jason can, uh, can sort of talk a little bit about why he wanted to go here. And if there's anything special that this segment holds for him. Um, but yeah, Not I don't words think or otherwise. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, talking about Nostromo. So I'm a pretty big night Lords fan. Uh, I have a, small Night Lord's army myself, and uh, I've been kind of cultivating them for a while now, and it just uh, happened to play together pretty well with uh, the Thramas book coming out next thing. So that's pretty exciting. But uh, let's talk a little bit about what Nostromo means to me. So one of... Okay, the very first... Uh, Warhammer 40,000 novel I ever read as a kid. I've already been, you know, playing the game for quite some time. Uh, but was uh, Honor Guard, the fourth Gaunt's Ghost book by Dan Abnett. So that's always kind of held a special place in my heart. I'll still go back and reread it, you know, once every other year or so. But the other novel series that really changed things for me. If Honor Guard is what brought me in 
to how great some of the novels could be. Uh, the Night Lord's trilogy is what brought me to really understand like that some of these aren't just fun science fiction action movie novels. Uh, as terrific as Honor Guard is, at its base, it kind of has the same sort of progression and the same sort of setup as any of a half dozen other war movies, just with, you know, Warhammer over top of it. The Night Lords trilogy is something that's completely, I feel, completely unique. And while a, you know, anti-hero sort of redemption if you squint at it story isn't entirely new, I feel like the way that was put together makes an entirely different view of what the Night Lords as a Legion are. And I say as a Legion, even though it's very definitively a 40k book, um, I think it came... I'm going to say the first one, and please feel free to correct me on this, um, came out in 2010. The very first Horus Heresy book came out in 2006 with Rise, uh, Horus Rising. So the Horus Heresy series had been going for a while already, but the Night Lords trilogy as a whole felt like it was something that walked between the Horus Heresy books and the pulpier science fiction-y 40k books, and I think a place that was entirely unique. In the same way as uh, Betrayer was a spectacular novel that did just something so unique and gave such a different viewpoint on the Legion it portrayed, I think the Night Lords trilogy really did the same thing for the eighth. That's Aaron Dembski Bowden too, right, Jason? Yes, on both counts, uh, Betrayer and Night Lords trilogy. Yeah, I mean he's he does such justice to, um, those sort of, I guess, often overlooked uh, parts of the the universe, right? Because. It's too easy to go, you know, the 40k setting, uh, Night Lords, oh, uh, Chaos Raptors, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's, yeah, that's what they are, right? Obviously. Um, but, and I don't, I haven't read this, this series. I really want to. It's one of the things that's in my queue. But uh, is it set in like M41 or is it set like kind of like the Black Legion sort of early? Uh, don't quote me on it. But uh, I'm pretty sure it's M41. Okay. It's not like a Talon of Horus. That's like, uh, was that like M? That's probably during the Scouring and the Legion Wars, I think. So like M32, M33. Yeah, that's mid to late Legion Wars because they have Horus's um, spoil spoilers. They have Horus's body being stolen by the. Um, I mean, the Emperor's children. Know, yeah. I mean, if you don't know at this point, and you don't believe that dies. Fabius Bile is is the most shittiest person in the world, or shittiest <laughs> Marine in the world, then you got some problems. I yeah. don't know. He allegedly did good work. 
But uh, anywho, that's a very, very long way of saying uh, that the scouring of Nostromo for me is important because it really touches on a unique legion, both uh, from where they start and where they finish and fragment and everything in between. Uh, the scouring of Nostromo itself is set in M32, but really the system has, and the Legion behind it, has an incredible history that I'm really looking forward to uh, checking out. And uh, two, I'm not going to lie, it's a little selfish on my part, but I've wondered this for years, and I want to get to the bottom of it. Uh, from all appearances... It looks to me like Dorn made one of the goofiest mistakes that should have just been red flag on red flag. Uh, the last Dorn saw of Conrad Kurz before Istvan V, and again, if I'm wrong on this, I don't think I am, but it's certainly a possibility, was like 20 years before when... Uh, what was it? Conrad Kurz confided in Fulgrim that he was having prophetic dreams and nightmares of the future. Uh, Fulgrim tattles to Dorn, who immediately shows up and tries to imprison uh, Kurz. And like he does I, with all psychers. Yeah. And so this is... I think, I think it's a little less well-known short story. I think it's... Um, Dark King and the Lightning Tower are the two that kind of revolve around that. Uh, everybody knows about Savage Weapons, where he fights the lion, but not so much the one where he sucker punches Dorn and then gets arrested. It's pretty great. Check it out. Uh, it was one of the very <laughs> first uh, couple of audio dramas, I think, that the Horus Heresy put out uh, in that series. But anywho, that's neither here nor there. Uh, so to all intents and purposes, what it seems like is Dorn tried to arrest Kurz. Kurz disappears, scrambles up his legion, destroys Nostromo, the planet, and then disappears into the outer reaches until the very next time they see them is showing up to Istvan V with the Alpha Legion, the Iron Warriors, the Word Bearers, all those second rank, you know, reinforcement legions uh, that end up surrounding the Raven Guard, Salamanders, and Iron Hands, and coming pretty close to destroying them. So I have no idea what uh, you know prompted Dorn to be like, oh, the last time I saw this murderous psychopath, he was fleeing into the, you know, reaches past the ghoul stars after destroying his own planet. After a, I don't know, a arrest warrant went bad? It's like the worst episode of Galactic Cops. But I want... I want to get to the bottom of that ridiculous crap because it's something me and uh, Steve have talked about at length and it seems ridiculous and a crazy plot hole. I think the only way you justify Istvan 3 um, and how much was Dorn's call and how much was Malkador's call and how much was the Emperor's call, we don't really know. But I think the only way you justify it is if you say at that point the loyalists, the Imperium, didn't know who was a traitor and who was a loyalist. And that was that was them calling the bluff, right? So if you're sitting at a table playing poker 
you don't know what the other person's got. You know, do they have three legions? Do they have six legions? Do they have a full house? Like, you don't fucking know. And so you call you call the bluff, you call Estevan three. I'm sorry, you call Estevan five, right? Um, Estevan three was the purge, but you call Estevan five, and uh, that was Dorn's call, right? Um, that was the bluff, right? And he just didn't know. And he probably still could have probably could have still gotten away with it if if uh, you know mistakes were made. Uh, you know, Ferris Manis kind of fucked some shit up. Um, and uh, there were probably two or three legions that were traitors that Dorn wasn't really counting on. So he may well he may well have expected the Night Lords to be traitors. Um, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think that's the only way you justify that as not being a total utter <laughs> fucking catastrophe of a of a of a war plan. I could see that, but this way I get make to make fun of Dorn just a lot more. Oh, I know, I know. You you like you like to. He really is your favorite punching bag, isn't he, Jason? Tick Dorn a little bit. I do a bit because he was such an asshole to the Mechanicum. It's like, He's yeah, fine. we're gonna have you make all our ships and weapons and armament and uh, you know basically virtually enslave your entire culture but also i'm gonna be a big huge dick about it the entire time cybernetica still gets me like worked up and big mad to this day yeah dorn doesn't fuck around man dorn is not a politician dorn i think the one thing i like about dorn well i mean there's more than one thing i like about dorn i just feel like dorn you just know what you're getting like he is, he's not a politician. Um, he gives no fucks and he's like, I am the last line of defense. I am the Praetorian. I don't fucking care what it costs, how much it costs. And if I'm the last person standing on the wall, then I'm the last person standing on the wall, you know? Yeah. And I think I gained more respect for him uh, as I've gone through the solar war and seeing that finally after you know keeping his legion out of uh the the heresy for so long right basically letting other people do the dirty work and the hard fighting like it was for a reason you know he he he's the last line of defense you know and i i get it um and it makes sense i mean he is he's the ultimate contingency uh, and yeah, it's just good. We'll get there someday, maybe. So, yeah, I think I'm kind of in the boat of I'm not necessarily pro Dorn, but I'm in. So I'm in the first book of of Solar Wars, and I appreciate him more. Is I think the best way to describe my feelings towards him. Yeah, you don't have to like him. There's no, a lot of people but, I don't like in the Horus Heresy, but I, I appreciate them. Oh, yeah. Like, there's plenty of characters you really don't like in the Horus Heresy, but you think about it and they make up a, such a major section of the plot or the story that it makes sense why you don't like them. You know? Um, yeah. Like, nobody likes Erebus, for instance. Um, 
Nobody likes Erebus. Nobody. And (laughs) you know, there are some word bearer players that play Erebus. They still don't like Erebus. No, they put him on the table just to like watch him die. They're like, man, I really hope he fucking eats it again this time. (laughs) I mean, Robbie ran Erebus at Nova. I'm pretty sure he just did it so he could try and peril perils him to death. You know, the only person worse than Erebus is what? Who's the who's his dad? Uh, Jason. Not help me. Who's Logar's? Who's Lorgar's dad? Oh, Lorgar's adopted space dad. Yeah. Oh god. The one that tries to make himself a uh, a space marine, but not really. Corferon or Corferon? Corferon. Corferon. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say uh, somebody is listening to this at home right now uh, in the future, (laughs) screaming (laughs) Corferon. These guys don't know what they're talking about. I think it's actually just Steven, you know. <laughs> that guy is the only guy worse than Erebus. That guy just sucks, man. He's, He's so bad, bad. But Gulliman did punch out his heart. And that's pretty metal. He dude, he had like one job to do though, man. He was like and he had he got greedy. He, he got, got greedy. Got greedy. Yeah. He's like, I'm not just gonna kill Gulliman, I'm gonna I'm gonna subvert Gulliman. You know take over his brain and like you know bring him back to the dark gods as a gift can't get greedy Mm. yeah yeah sort of i yeah i feel about the word bearers like i I think jason probably feels about like the imperial fists like i just i i understand them i guess i sort of appreciate the role they have to play but i just do not fucking like them i just feel like they're a bunch of whiny fucking emo children dude even worse than the Emperor's children. Like, I just fucking feel like they're just whiny, like, like losers who are like, uh, yeah, dad didn't love us and he made us go to detention and <laughs> we're going to get back at him uh, by just doing the opposite. You know, that's just, come on, man. All right, point of order, I don't dislike every Imperial Fist, just like <laughs> I don't dislike every Ultramarine. Uh, I like Fafner Ran. He's yeah, he's fucking, yeah, he is cool. He's You're cool. Right. Uh, if he you ever cool. checked out, uh, what is it, Templar, the audio drama, it's pretty terrific. Um, is Fafner Ran the one with the axes? Hell he yeah, is. he is. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, that's what hilarious. I thought. I love that his hilarious shit-eating grin is canon now. Hmm. Just from that terrific artwork. But uh, yeah, in uh, Templar, Fafner Ran actually makes fun of what a ridiculous figurehead Sigismund is. Uh, he actually tells a human, like, uh, the first captain, uh, he doesn't really know anything about war, but he'll learn if he hangs out with me. And that's terrific. That's awesome. Yeah, you'll like the Solar Wars, man. If, when, you're reading the first right now? Yeah. Yeah. You'll you'll like they get they get better. You'll like them. Oh, that um, makes me feel better. A, it's pretty awesome. I mean, my it, first forty yeah, k army was was uh, Black Templar, but like I never played them for you know because I thought the idea of Sigismund was cool, you know. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. While we're talking about legions, I think the world e. The world eaters are all right, guys. Just putting that out there. They are all right, guys. Anybody I mean, has a different. They have a shitty has dad. A is essentially it. 
the the world the world eaters are perhaps the most honest legion. It's like yeah, I yeah. like that outlook. That's a good yeah. way to put it, Dave. And they have the best captain of their oh, uh, yes. captain. They have the best two captains. Oh yeah, so best first captain and the best captain of the fleet. True. Yeah. And I've got to be honest, even though I'm a Sons of Horrors player, Trader Sons of Horrors player, I'm not a fan of Abaddon until 40k, until the ABD books, to be honest with you. Yeah, he's a little lame during the heresy. He doesn't he's, really he's whiny and annoying during the heresy, I feel like. You start to see this, and there's so much Solar War stuff, I guess, because it's like fresh in my brain, but you start to see that Abaddon. The one that you like from Talons of Horus and and uh, Black Legion, you start to see him come out uh, more and more through the Siege of Terra books. And yeah, uh, that yeah. Abaddon, pretty cool. That, that Abaddon's actually fucking cool. Because like yeah. throughout Vengeful Spirit, it's essentially like he's a jock and everybody else is a nerd. <laughs> Yeah. And it's just like, and he doesn't listen to anybody, but the other people's plans work out fine. He's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, I mean, it's a good read, but not for the reason they intended. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. It's, also, a, it's a fantastic to read. While we're on it, and I know we've deviated a bit, but I just, vengeful spirit, I feel like I have to bring this up. I really, really like Graham McNeil's writing. But I feel like he can't write a new book without having touched on characters from every other book he's written. <laughs> it's like, yeah. hey, you get you gotta remember the Sisyphean and what the Shattered Legions are up to? Me either. Let's check in. All right, Jason, are you saying that he likes to bring his characters back into every story that he writes? Oh yeah, definitely. It's very yeah. entertaining. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's a well known like Graham McNeil, um, I guess you would say, uh, like a plot thread, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like Dan Abnett does that a little bit too. I mean, that's, you know, the the Remembrancers and the um, the fucking uh, Perpetuals, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Grammaticus. (laughs) So... Uh I mean, uh, it's easily the best is Damon Pertanis because he has like a wacky New York accent for no reason. Like, well, that's, it, Johnny. that's it, Johnny. This is the last one. This is my that's last, your last one, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> that's spectacular. It is spectacular. Good. News. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I do. I get it. Um, it's cool. It's a way to connect. Sort of the so much story art, so going on, man. Good to check in every once in a while with you know the old crew, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think that's all we really wanted to cover tonight. So I, I guess we'll go into plugs, uh, and Dave, then and then some. Unless Jason has any fun rules we can talk about. Uh, not to my knowledge. Oh, All right. bre- yes, I do. Breacher charges. This is not an official es- esoterica, but I just figured out about breacher charges, and I know everybody else probably already knows about them, but I wanted to share. Uh, breacher Finger charges right are ahead. probably the funniest 10-point piece of war gear I can think of, because 
They don't work like any other melee weapon. Uh, they're a melee weapon that is strength 8, AP 2, small blast. And they're used hilariously. So when whoever has them, namely the... Uh, breachers. Yeah, the uh, sergeant for the breachers. When you use it, and they aren't unwieldy, so you can do this as initiative four, mind. Oh, God. You, right? You place a small blast uh, in contact with the user's base. Uh, you can't cover friendly models. but uh, And then you roll to hit like you're using a melee weapon. Uh, if you hit, the template stays where it is. If you miss, you roll the scatter die, and it flips in that direction. Which, uh, you know, is... Better than a 50-50 chance you're going to hit enemy models, and maybe hilariously some of yours too. But what's great is there's nothing stopping you from using it in a challenge, which is entirely why I took it on my Alpha Legion Breachers, because it seems like the most Alpha Legion thing to do. Like, you know, an Imperial Fist or a Blood Angel is like, I challenge you to mortal combat on the field of battle. And he's like, all right, think fast, fucko. And then like throws him a Breacher charge that takes out him and the four dudes next to him. Uh, so when you use it in a challenge, it works the exact same way, but because you're in a challenge, predicates all of the hits being, you know, allocated to a model in the challenge first, which is a little cheesy, but I think it works out being funnier than it is anything. So, uh, it's kind of like the same way uh, Vulcan, the Primarch, can uh, use his big dumb hammer in kind of the same way to do like a, a strength 8 AP3 blast and hit stuff outside of a challenge. But um, it's funnier when a Primarch doesn't do it. So that's all I wanted to share. But well, wait, just... don't the... Uh... Don't Vorax have that little chest blaster thing that they can do um uh those are ursorax ursorax thank you yes and it's called a blast but it the weapon itself is not actually a blast it's just called that which is ah. very odd the weapon itself does not have the blast trait so it's just a shooting attack uh no i think the one you're thinking of is the imprisonment deal mm -hmm. Uh, it's like a Volkite chest hug. And I'm going to do this completely from memory. So if I'm wrong, it's not my fault. But uh, it's strength 5, AP 2, 2 shots, 10 inches range shooting. In melee, you can use it as a strength 5 or 6, one of the two, AP 2 instant death. But it can only be used on infantry, which is silly because if you give them a power fist, they're basically going to be instant deathing anything that's infantry anyway. I mean, how many toughness six infantry models are out there short of an Arc Magi? There really aren't, because the last time I ever dealt with one was against uh, Ryan at the last muster. And that was yeah. unpleasant yeah. against all of my thralls. <clears throat> See, I think I fought that same Majos because uh, I instant death him with a chain fist uh, because I had Red Furnace and Red Grenades. There you go. 
And that's why the Majos Malagra is the best Majos for killing other Magi. Fun secondary fact for our listeners today. But yeah, that's all I got. So, uh, Dave, fire away. Really have any plugs for today, guys. Excellent. Um, a very svelte episode. Yeah, and as far as plugs for me, want to thank our all of our Patreon people for being our patrons and helping us out here and there. Uh, you guys will probably be getting a syllabus very soon, soon after this episode goes out, for you guys to take a gander at, and we hope you all enjoy. Um, I think that's it for us. Uh, I guess see y'all later. Now, uh, off Craig. <laughs>